Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Tanya Cordy, who is the creator of Time and Space Solutions. Tanya, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, thank you. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show, and we like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Awesome. Uh, It's a funny question to ask because it's always changing. (laughs) I think being a creative person, I don't like doing the same thing all the time. And then I'm, I'm one of those people that's kind of, it's, I'm a combination. I'm very technical and logical, but then I'm also extremely creative. So I like doing things like being active and whatnot, but then also doing things that are a creative outlet. So I would say right now, it's just going for walks in nature, start doing the barefoot thing. I love it. I, <laughs> I live in, a, in, a, in the 12th floor in a building, so I need to ground more, that's for sure. And, you know, just skating, anything where I can be outside and be active biking, swimming, doing the cold dips on the weekend with my boyfriend. That's uh, quite the adventure in Canada (laughs) up in Toronto. (laughs) Yeah. The last two, three weeks have been very cold. So, and it's my first time doing it this cold, like fully going in. Yeah. So anything, no, say, yep. When you guys do the cold dips, how long do you stay in there? Is it just dive in, get out or? Uh, He started in January last year. And he has probably stayed up to five minutes when it's like minus 20 outside. I was lucky if I could get my feet in the water. Uh, I got into like five, six minutes, but the water's like 10 degrees. Mm. So I've done it about two minutes when it was four degrees a few weeks ago, which is huge for me because my body, everyone responds differently. And my nervous system is like, you need to get out of here. This is dangerous. <laughs> and then I kind of shut down. So it's great that I have the support because he literally holds my hands so that I can stay in. And it, it really strengthens. It's, it's a very powerful process. One of many things you can do to strengthen your nervous system um, and just strengthen every aspect of your, of your being. And so it's, uh, it, I, I definitely enjoy that. Anything nature-wise and, and creative. I definitely miss dancing. That's something that I love and painting haven't painted in years and that's one of my favorite behind me um, so those those are the things I have I have fun and um, just meeting new people I'm, a, I'm an extrovert so anything like travel just being in a different environment not only to connect with nature not only to experience the culture and the art and the food but also to be in a different setting because then it's like I help people with becoming aware and learning more about themselves and when you're in a new environment you're doing your same habits, but when you're in a different environment, those same habits aren't necessarily going to work. Yeah. So for me, I love to be somewhere else because then it's like, oh, this is what I do when I'm at home. Oh, I don't like this. <laughs> or like, wow, this practice that I don't do every day when I'm traveling. No, that's, you know, I, I that's not helpful or that is helpful and I need to integrate it. So that's, I know you're going to ask me this later, like, what's your dream? And it's travel for me because it's something I've always wanted to do and I've done it very, 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 very little. And it, it just, 
that's fun for me. Yeah. 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 I love that. And do you have a, we'll get into that later, but I yeah. really love how you um, kind of talked about the fact that getting out of your environment will change your habits. I think that's so important for people because when you get into like just life and you start understanding life and how humans work, you realize that you are such a product of your environment, like the triggers yes. for certain actions that happen in your environment, what your friends are like in that environment, all kind of dictate your actions and your thoughts. And when you get out of your environment, you have kind of a fresh look. So I love that you mentioned that. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And then you, you have to adapt, right? Because People will do the same thing over and over again. One, because that's how the brain works. It's more comfortable. It's easier. There's healthy stress and then there's stress that causes damage. And so if we have that little bit of healthy stress, that allows us to grow and develop and keep our brain strong. It's not just about, oh, I have to keep on growing. I have to keep on growing and transforming. You know, we can just be who we are. However, that little bit of stimulus helps keep you healthy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. Well, tell us a bit more about time and space solutions. So it's me. I think it's me. I think that's the best. I've been trying to describe it for eight years now, actually eight and a half. Um, and it, it's really about helping people get their life in order so they can do their inner work. But it's like, it's the chicken before the egg. Well, what comes first? Because once you start doing your inner work, if your environment is in a place that supports you to do your inner work, it makes it easier. So they, they feed off each other. And so I really help people declutter and organize their life with a trauma-informed lens. Because if you're looking at the stages of trauma or the processing or healing stages, the third stage is chaos or rigidity. And so you'll see people who have a very chaotic life. There's always some sort of drama um, their house is chaotic. There's no schedule. There's no routines. There's no chores. They buy groceries when their fridge is completely empty. And then you'll see someone else who their house is in complete order, but they can't seem to keep up. And if you open up their closet, it's filled with things and they can't let go of them. They have a reason for it. So whether whatever end of the spectrum a person's on, it's signs of having experienced trauma in their life. And there's a reason that they have those adaptive behaviors because they served them maybe when they were children or younger. And then it was just normal. Maybe it's things that they learned. Um, maybe it's the things that they just kind of came up with in order to survive in their environment. But now they don't serve them anymore. And it creates stress for them. Because in, to keep those behaviors going, they can't keep up. So whether it's that chaotic life, or it's that rigid way of doing things that they have to be done this way, but it's not sustainable. And, oh, nobody else can do it like me, so I have to do it. It can show up either way. I, I try to help people get their life in order. And as we do that and go through my process, they start going, oh, that's what was going on. Or, oh, wow, I didn't realize that I could do it a different way. Oh, I didn't realize that doing this way was causing me stress or that it was because of this belief system I had that was connected to this experience or to this trauma because it doesn't always have to be a traumatic experience it could just be the way someone grew up i had someone who didn't know how to fold their clothes and no one ever taught them so that's not necessarily a trauma it's just some things people aren't taught right yeah yeah i love that just curious um you mentioned the third stage of trauma which mm -hmm. was like rigidity versus chaos right 
is that the stage where people normally get stuck? And what are the other stages? So good question. Yeah, the first stage is the anchor trauma. So that could be in childhood, it could be at any point in someone's life, the first time where there's a, a, a trauma. And trauma is the, another new buzzword, so I was trying not to use it. But just the, the sense of it is that it doesn't have to be this one big intense event. And it's more likely that it's not. It actually tends to be an accumulation of small events that are similar. So it's too much, too soon, too fast, too intense, any of those things. And it's a repetition of something where a person is not able to fully express their emotions, where they're not fully able to express themselves, where they have felt violated morally, um, where there has been injury caused to them. And so no matter how big or small that is, if there's an accumulation of those small ones, the person then starts to change their behavior to be safe. And then comes the second step, which is denial. And someone said this in a mindfulness group I just joined, deny, or, uh, sorry, don't even know I am lying. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. And, and they were referencing specifically more of addictions, right? A person does isn't even aware that they're lying. So people will tend to minimize what happened to them. And that part of that's linked to shame, because shame and trauma go together. They're not separate. They're like, they go hand in hand. And that denial then is kind of a way to cope with what happened. So then the next stage is kind of moving into that chaos and like, oh, well, this is happening in my life because of this. And then it's blaming externally, right? And then when a person starts to acknowledge and become aware of what's happened, then they move into recovery from their self-discovery. And then the last piece um, is more of like really transcending. Now, this is one model. There's more than one model for um, healing from trauma. That's the model I'm, I'm learning in school. And I actually like this model um, because it, it goes more into the individual, like just really understanding the states that people are get in instead of it just being like survival thriving. Like there's more to it than that when you're in, when you're healing, when you're recovering from it. Hmm. So those, those last stages, recovery, self-discovery, what was that yeah. last one? It's uh, <laughs> hang on, because I'm just learning it. It's it's more about taking it to the next level, and with that, with each stage, there's how we view ourselves, how we view others, and how we view the world. Mm -hmm. So in that last stage, we're really able to engage with the world differently, and we really see things differently. We're not seeing it from that trauma lens where we're afraid, and we're acting from that that um, place of survival that place of needing to protect and operating from maybe dorsal vagal or the sympathetic nervous system or ventral vagal, which is when we're able to connect. So we're in that side, that nervous system window, we're able to connect with others. We feel good about ourselves. We can connect with the world. Things aren't scary. We're able to have healthy relationships that aren't codependent or toxic. So it's being able to stay within that window and doing things like the cold dip helps people make a, uh, create a larger window of tolerance, a larger window of capacity. Mm. I love that. Okay. So the cold dip, I assume that helps you with the larger capacity, larger window of tolerance because yes. you are more acutely aware during a cold dip of yeah. what your body's experiencing and the thoughts going through your mind, because it's such a 
such a shock to your nervous system. And then you're choosing to stay in it despite what your body is saying. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. I, I'm a fan of the cold dip. I used to take cold showers. I haven't done cold dips. (laughs) (laughs) A little hardy. Fill up your bathtub with some ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I could try that. <laughs> I, yeah, for sure. For sure. I'll have to, maybe I'll do that this weekend. Yeah. Even feet, even feet, because I was having like a, a, a response where I was shutting down and I, I felt like I was going to pass out isn't exactly it, but I would have to get out because I was just doing my feet and it was like crazy cold. So what you can do is you can do one foot in a bucket and then the other one outside and you focus on the warm foot and then you can switch feet. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, and there's all, your body's also broken up into sections. So you can start with your feet. Then next stage, you can go up to your knee. Then the next stage going up to your hip, then your, um, I think it's up to your chest and then full. Right. And it's, it's exactly what you said. It's that you're choosing to go in there. You're telling your body, no, this is safe. I'm okay. I'm not going to die. And then you are opening, uh, making that window of tolerance larger. And it, you, it helps to do like, uh, meditative technique before going in. I went in panicky this past weekend because the waves were insane and I didn't have proper shoes because the rocks there, like your feet can get stuck and my shoes were getting all twisted. And, and because of that, I panicked when I went in and then my boyfriend didn't have enough time to come help me. And I fell and I totally like crashed into the waves. I got completely soaked. <laughs> but then it, I went into panic and shock and I was crying, but then I snapped out of it quick. And I was like, why am I crying? I'm fine. Like, so it, it was so incredible to see that because the other thing that comes up is old emotions will come up, right? Because you're putting your body in that shock system. So in a way, it's like you're clearing trap. I, I can't, I don't know if it's scientific. This is my guess. But like, I feel like it's almost like you're clearing trapped trauma, right? Things that are buried in there, they're coming up. Yeah. Because it is a trigger in a sense, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I love that. I, yeah, I think the cold dip, ever since I heard about, I can't remember that guy's name. Wim Hof. What's his, I don't remember his first name, but Wim Hof, yeah. Yeah, Wim Hof. Yeah, I um have been interested in the cold dip. He It has so many benefits. So um, anyway, this is not a yes. podcast. I know, I know, eh? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Let's go ahead and jump into your motivation. What really gets you up and keeps you going every day? Yeah, I when you had that question, I was like motivation. I don't know if I, I feel like I connect more with meaning. Like when I feel I'm a deep connector. So if I feel connected to someone or to a project or to something, that's what inspires me and to create. Because for me, it's about creating. I love creating something. I'm an artist in all senses of the word. And I'm everything I do is, is about problem solving and seeing all these different pieces and how they fit together and how we can move them along. And so for me, it's, if I have something in my day that I'm excited about, that's meaningful. Okay. I'm going to get to connect with this person today. Oh, I'm going to get to work with this client today. That excites me. And then I want to do the things that I do in my day to get into that mindset so that I'm at my best. That's, that's more how I operate. I got you. I got you. So it's really that at a core level, feeling connected to the someone you're helping yeah. or the something you're working on, whether that be yeah. a project or something else. And it's all about the creation. Of the yeah. Creation and connecting and just, yeah, feeling alive and having enough challenge, not too much, <laughs> but 
that it's like, oh, this is exciting. Like, do you know what I mean? Not, not the extreme, which is just enough that it gets you going. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, now we are going to jump into your dreams and goals. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about your vision for your life. I know you mentioned travel and yeah. your vision for your company. Yeah, I would say for my life, um, it's, I feel like everyone says, oh, I want to travel. I want to have this. And like, they feel like the standard things. And for me, I've been anything but standard. I never got married, never had kids. Like, I've always been like come that odd one out. And whenever I'm in a different community or group. Tanya, you look like you're really young. You don't necessarily have to have been married. By <laughs> I'm in my 40s. Okay. <laughs> I definitely would have, I would have guessed like early thirties. So. No, no, no. <laughs> so for me, like I was watching people in my twenties after university, you know, they were automatically getting married, having kids da, da, da. and I was like, is that really what I want? And yes, it was. And it, it didn't happen. And that's fine. However, for me, it's like, I do things because there's a very deep meaning for it for me. And so I was mentioning before, like travel hasn't been possible for me for a number of reasons. And the little bit that I have done, um, you know, when uh, the few trips that were like awesome were because I got to explore the place. I love talking to people. I absolutely love meeting new people, even if I just have one conversation with them. And the magic of just being present and doing a little bit of planning, but then allowing things to unfold. Because I have a hard time doing that when I'm at home because you have those responsibilities and whatnot. So it creates this beautiful flow for me of going with the flow, but then having some structure and allowing the magic of life to happen where just the universe just brings things to you. You know, if, uh, when I was in Germany seven years ago, I think it was now, I was visiting two friends and one was in Stuttgart and it was awesome because we would plan to go to maybe one gallery, two galleries that day, the rest, we would just walk around. And so one place that we didn't plan to go to, we were in this like hoity-toity neighborhood that you had to have an appointment to get into the gallery. We didn't know. <laughs> so we show up, just so happens the gallery um, manager spoke English. She gave us a private tour. And then an hour later, we're in a neighborhood that is the complete opposite. And we find like a communist gallery with this older gentleman who was like, it was like a, not commune, but like, it was like all about community. And it was like the complete opposite, but both were incredible experiences. And we talked to both of them at length. And like that kind of magic, you're not necessarily going to get it in your everyday life, yeah. but it's bringing a piece of that back home to remember, to be present and to really be aware of what's around you. Cause you can always connect with someone. And for me, it's connecting with people, with the environment and the nature. And so that's why for me, like, I just, I want to travel and then also be able to work in other places and do cool projects. Um, I would love to be able to do that. And so for me, I, I've always been that person. Like as a kid, I had 10 jobs I wanted to do growing up. <laughs> so it's like, you asked what my job was and I'm like, well, can I just describe all the things I can do? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I'm a teacher. I think I'm a teacher and I guess you could say coach at heart, like just someone who really helps people become aware of who they are and, and helps guide them to reconnect with themselves. And then I can at the same time give all of this structural technical support and teaching on ways to be that really help you be your best and just live in alignment and live a healthy life right and well-being um 
there's a side of me that's creative. I would love to do dance performances, like just very small for fun. I would love to get back to painting um, and just being able to do really cool projects. I love urban design. I, I really not happy with the, how a lot of cities are built. They're meant to isolate people because it keeps people trapped in the system, yeah. right? When people are unhappy and they don't have community, they need the system to buy things. They need to buy into all these things that people don't need um, because that's what keeps this that particular system going. But if you have community, you don't need this consumer society in the way that it is today, right? Because yeah. you can have comfort. It's great that we have certain things of comfort now. However, to the extreme that we have them, we don't need them. And so for me, I would love to be able to do projects where I'm really working with people and helping them heal. And at the same time, designing spaces, designing communities, and just designing lifestyle in every aspect. Because I'm not one of those people just takes a segment. It's like I look at all the pieces and how they all interact and being able to do something incredible. And uh, instructional design, that might be something that I'm getting into now, fingers crossed. (laughs) I have a job coming soon in that. And just seeing a company and seeing how they're structuring their program and really scaffolding the whole program so that the students can actually see like, why am I taking this course and seeing the dots and seeing why they're learning things and, and just finding a way to visually present the information so that people can actually process it and learn it in a very efficient, meaningful way. And so it's, it's, for me, it's always the problem solving and the creative. Those are the underpinning. I think of everything that I do. I love it. I love your heart for urban design projects, structuring um, cities for community. Can you talk to me a little bit more about your vision for that? It may not be fully hashed out, but some of the things you would do to a space, to a city, to structure it for community living. You know what's so funny? It's I've actually never lived in community. And I think that's why I want to do it so much because I've never fully been connected in a community. And so for me, it's when things are too big. So the very first school I had a placement at when I was in teacher's college was small. And the rest of the schools I ever worked in were large. And there was a complete difference in the management of it. So anytime something gets too big, it's the human experience gets lost completely. You're just a number, right? So what your needs cannot be met. And so I did have a client that has a community house and he said something that there was a magic number to have a sustainable community. Let's say that you're off grid, for example, I can't remember if it was 33 or hundred, but it was something under a hundred. And so for me, it would be being able to create communities that are small and then having them intersect with other ones so that they're all connected because they all have a focus. So let's say there is one that really focuses on farming and they particularly grow um, greens, whole variety of greens. And then you have another firm that focuses on root vegetables and how can they work together? And how can they coexist, right? And then you have another one that focuses on the arts. That's one way. Or how can you have a community that has all the components? You mean arts, healing, um, nature, food, just all the different things that you need to live. And how can all those people on the technical level be working together, but also 
the amazing part of being human and having fun and having the arts. Because think, when you look at cultures from 100 years ago, 200 years ago, what do they have that we don't, at least here, I can only speak for here in North America, um, they had singing, they had dance, they had gatherings, they always had gatherings, you know, people who belong to particular faiths, they go to church, they have that community. So having spaces where people can gather and have their practices, that is so important, right? And be connected to nature. I think those are the two underpinning components um, and feeling that they're not alone, that everybody's included, that it's not this, you know, everything. I feel things get very segmented in our culture and people are very divided because there's a lot of agendas that are purposely saying, oh, well, you belong to this community and you're being wrong. So now you have to hate these communities because they're wronging you. When really that has nothing to do with what's going on, right? And so it's more about, okay, do you have people of different age groups so that everybody has their role? Everybody has something to offer and how are they all connected? How are they all, because it's, it's an ecosystem. Maybe that's the best way to put it. So do you have all the components of the ecosystem there? Or are you just focusing on one thing? Because places that are large, big companies, they focus on one thing mostly, and then they monopolize everything. So then all the small businesses get wiped out, right? Yeah. So how can we switch that so that we're going back to that balance and that equilibrium and that ecosystem where we're all helping each other and we're all playing a role in one way or another? Yeah. No, I feel that. I think... Um couple good points of like when things get too big they lose the human element yeah and then also structuring communities to have a specific focus yeah I think that's something like I go to church um to like today and um with my small group with my church body I feel like I'm going like one direction and they're going another direction and so even in our spaces that mm -hmm. we have there's a lack of intertwining life together and I think that's what because you know <laughs> we had a great community in college and okay. they, they told us to like I mean we were like really living life together and it's one of the reasons I stayed in college because I really didn't think college was worth it but <laughs> no way <laughs> that's pretty cool though <laughs> that must have been really good if you stayed <laughs> yeah yeah it was really good but once we graduated you know we went to go look for community as adults and by we I mean my fiance and I Okay. And the biggest thing is like nobody like when you see somebody once a week and your lives are entirely different and there's not yeah. a focus, there's not a purpose, it might as well be like bumping into somebody at the grocery store because we're not sharing yeah. any experience, we're not sharing any goals, not sharing any interests. So I like your point of like having keeping a community small because some churches are small, but when all the members are focused on different things like that focus is what really brings the community together and being intentional like I think that's and I, I to, to add on to that the other thing I think that happens is that we have this culture of choice now like choose to choose 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 and that's part of the consumerism and what's getting lost is that tolerance and acceptance and compromise that you don't you're not always going to get your way Right. And so then people are like, nope, I'm leaving. And then people just give up. And I find that with relationships a lot, that people just, they don't even bother. 
And especially in big cities, because it's like, oh, there's lots of single people in cities. Then people are just like, oh, whatever. I'll just jump on to the next one. And so I feel like it's this disposable. Everything is just disposable. And so, so are humans now. Yeah. And so then that, that shared intention of those just fundamental basics gets lost and things get, it gets too complicated with what everyone wants. Yeah. Instead yeah. of just, can we just connect? Can we just be here and connect and, and let's have like, uh, like the mindfulness group that I joined each week, the person leading it has a topic. So last week was honesty and, um, uh, oh, and I, I can't remember the name, honesty. And so then after we had a breakout room, so we just shared our experience. We had just a fundamental piece that was the same, but we're all different. So then you have that balance of bringing who you are, but then you have the common, the common thing that all humans experience. Yep. Yep. And it's simple. (laughs) (laughs) I, I love how simple it is, but then when you have a society with so much choice, the hard part comes with the other thing that all humans experience, which is that selfishness, right? That ego and like being willing to lay that down to like choose to love somebody that you really don't even have to (laughs) because there's a better option right around the corner. And I feel like that's like some of the meat of community. It's like choosing intentionality, choosing presence, choosing connection, choosing love. Yeah. um, I feel like it's, it's a really hard thing to ask people to do when everything in society celebrates the selfish side of us. So. Yeah, the opposite. Yeah. Well, we could go on forever about that. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I do have a lot of other questions. So we just jumped into dreams. I know. <laughs> um, awesome. What are the top one or two skills that you feel you need to develop or you need to continue to hone to mm-hmm. uh, make these dreams and goals come true? I feel like for me, the biggest challenge um, with with regards to my business, there's two components. There's one, I I started taking a trauma certification course in the summer. I was doing coaching from a trauma-informed lens to begin with, where I understood that the behaviors were coming from, you know, a particular experience that created the belief, but I was kind of pushing the client towards that and you can't do that. (laughs) So the big thing that I really want to develop while I'm taking this course is one getting the more micro understanding of how trauma affects people and the different aspects of it, as well as being better at um, letting the client lead the way and, and being the one to reflect back more. And the other piece with my business, I would say, I don't like using the marketing. It's just like people becoming aware of what I do and what it really is because I can't say I'm a professional organizer and I can't just say I'm a trauma coach, right? It's, 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 there's so much more to it. So that's been the piece. Um, and going the traditional way of social media for marketing and LinkedIn and all those different platforms, it's just, I don't end up doing them long-term because it doesn't feel like me. I'm a face-to-face kind of person. So that's been my biggest challenge. Those are the two skills that I, I would like to find a way to make it work for me that, the, the skill set within coaching, that's getting taken care of. It's the marketing piece that, yeah, that's the one that's the challenge that I really need to develop. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. And the social media doesn't vibe with you because you're more of a face-to-face person? And it feels fake. I've tried a number of times. It just feels too fake for me. And I'm not the type of person that will start divulging my personal life online. 
the type of coaching I do, I will share personal experiences at a minimum so that the person understands that I get where you're coming from. Um, and I do it appropriately depending on the client, where the client's at and how much I can share with them. And that's something very personal. You don't just say like, some people feel it's very helpful to do that because it inspires other people who've been in similar situations. There's nothing wrong with it. For me, I like to do it on a one-on-one -on -one basis. So then if I'm not doing that and I'm just trying to educate, that's what I've tried to do. It's still, it's, I find it challenging. <laughs> I find it very challenging. I try, I'm trying to do it more from an educational perspective. Like when I do YouTube videos, because mm -hmm. that, that I'm a teacher, that's, I'm a teacher at heart. I'm an educator at heart. So gotcha. that's the approach that I, I try to take. And do you like the educational side of things? Are you able to stay consistent with it or is it something? No, because I find it's hard for me to be like sustain putting time into it because other things are at play and then I'm not able to be consistent with it. And then having someone to collaborate with because to collaborate alone doesn't work with me. <laughs> I mean, I'm an extrovert. <laughs> so yeah. finding the right person to collaborate with to create all that content. Oh, I got you. I got you. Yeah. So instead of creating the content alone, it would be more yeah. ideal at a co-content creator that was doing every piece of content with you or multiple co-creators that was doing that were just, just even just one person, like the right person to kind of put it all together and like talk and then, okay, boom, 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 boom. And then, and I do the video editing, but I would rather not. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel that actually when I started this podcast, I did not want to do video editing. I did not want to do um, social media marketing. I did not want it because so, social media just, it ticks me off. I, I don't really like, <laughs> I don't yeah. really like spending my time posting and editing and doing yes. all that stuff. And so I understand it needs to get done for people to become aware of the podcast, but it's not my favorite thing to do. Yeah. So I did something crazy. I was okay. like, I'm just not going to edit my podcasts. We mess up when we talk. We mess up when we talk, and that's okay. Like if there's a huge pause of like ten seconds because Wi-Fi disconnects, I'll clip that out. Okay. But outside of something like that, I really don't edit, and I just put it up there. And I think the hardest thing is, um, and this is just me being me, like not yeah. projecting on you, but I will judge myself for the quality of content that I'm putting out. And that's when I find myself not wanting to be consistent right. with it. And yeah. so I would really um, encourage you to pick a, pick a form of content yeah, because you like the informational content, but then get your accountability partner. Cause that's the other time when yeah. I started going consistent with the podcast, when I started scheduling these interviews and I had 50 of them scheduled out over the next 10 weeks or whatever it was, I had to show up cause I told them. <laughs> I <had to> show <laughs> up. <laughs> so, um, that, that, and I agree, like with the coaching that I do, accountability is huge because people are like, oh, I could do it myself. I can just read a book and I can organize on my own. It's like, well, there's something called relational healing. Yeah. And you cannot heal alone. It's not possible. And we need accountability. Like we are human beings. We are meant to be in connection with others. So we've been very brainwashed to think you can do it on your own and you have to do it on. And if you don't do it on your own, then you're not successful. Cause you have to be over overcome yourself. Yeah. And I, I don't believe that I, there is a sense of um, an internal awareness and internal drive that has to come from you. However, that accountability, like we're human. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We need, that. we need that. I completely agree. And even with that internal drive coming from you, 
people who are at like the lowest and just yeah. don't have that drive. If you get around people who have that drive, they can like transfer their energy to you. If there's yeah. no drive, like oh, you get around the right environment, it just takes off. A hundred percent. And that's what, and again, that's being human. We need to be around people. Yeah. When we are isolated, we're, we're not supposed to be isolated. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I say, I say that a lot because I live in a city and it's horrible. Like it's, and it's gotten worse since I moved here. Yeah. So it's, uh, accountability is huge. I couldn't agree more. (laughs) I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, we got the skills that you kind of want to work on a a piece about people becoming aware of what you do and what it really is. And then, um, letting the client lead the way, reflect back more. And then the micro understanding. Mm-hmm. how trauma affects people but what yeah. are the highest impact daily actions that will tick the needle forward towards mm-hmm. your dreams and goals i think um finding a way to really schedule in the networking piece even if it's just like one email a day because the way my schedule is and certain things um finding a way to just keep on reaching out Right. And even if it's like a random post on our platform and I don't have a schedule and I don't have this because I I'm, I love when things connect and flow with the, the teacher and me, like where you build off one thing from another. Just doing something where I'm putting myself out there. Yeah. Just one one thing a day. I think that would really be helpful. Love and it. not having to plan it and it being like this beautiful marketing plan. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I got you. I um, I completely feel that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. What character trait do you most need to develop right now to make your dream life come mm-hmm. true? And this could be like patience, discipline, focus, consistency, accountability. One of the character traits that pop up in your head. Mm, that's a good one. Um, I think I'll go with accountability. And it's finding, for me, it's finding the right accountability partner. Because I've, I've tried with a number of people and it just didn't go because they didn't have the same level of drive. And then it wasn't happening. And then it's like, all right. And then, <laughs> so I think it's about finding the right person to be accountable with and not my partner. Because he's like, <laughs> we see each other every day and like, it's not going to work with him. I've tried before. So um, I actually saying that I have someone in mind. So I think I'll approach them and that will help me with that accountability piece. I love it. I think that will work. Well, this next question is about to be really easy for you. Okay. <laughs> if there were one or two people you could meet right now, <laughs> this could be a specific person or a type of person, and they yeah. really help you take the next step towards your dreams and goals. Who would they be and how would okay. they help? Yeah. So obviously accountability person. And I think the other person would be someone who's very good at articulating what someone does. Because I don't, I don't think in words, I think in um, energy and in feelings and in experiences. And I see all, like, I feel all of it, how it being there. So to describe it in words is very challenging for me. So I would love to be able to kind of have someone who could really tune into what I do and to be able to articulate what it is for me. And then I can finally put on my website and then people will read it and they'll be like, oh, that's what she does. Yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, so someone to like capture the value prop. Yeah. And just to really to describe the essence of what I do. Okay. Okay. I love that. I love that. 
And do you think this person is like a copywriter who just really understands you and what you do? Is that kind of? It's funny because I, I'm thinking of someone <laughs> I in my course where you're assigned a mentor. And I recently requested a different mentor because the first one wasn't working. And I was like, I'm picking. I'm going to pick the person. And then the person I picked is a writer. Like she, her form of trauma coaching is about helping people rewrite their stories. And I'm like, I think I need to talk to her. <laughs> There we go. There right? Yeah. Yeah, it looks like you just have everything lined up. To I know. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny how I'm one of those people that will get like lost in, you know, this isn't working, this isn't working. And then I'll have this moment of like, right, I detach from it in a way almost. And I'll remember to ask for what I need. And so I'll put it out there and I'll say, okay, universe, like, please you know, please send me the people that are going to help me do this, or please send me what I need to know to do this or whatever it may be. And so I kind of did it this last week. And then I, you know, we had scheduled this podcast quite some time ago. And so how ironic that it's like, boom, boom, and not ironic, it always happens for a reason. Right. And then just the way things happen with this course and like certain things, you know, not working and then me being like, nope, I'm going to ask for this. And then boom, look what's happening. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. such a big fan of law of attraction and all that. And just, yeah, putting, just asking for what you want and just really, everything is always in front of us. It's just, can we see it? Because if we're too in here and in our head, we can't see what's right in front of us. Yeah, right? absolutely. All right, Tanya, we have to blow through these next couple of questions. Okay, I'll be short. <laughs> I'll, I'll declutter my, my content. <laughs> awesome. So this is our thriving three. And the first question is, what's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. Okay. I would say I have a horrible memory. So the only thing I could think of was the podcast that I'm listening to right now, which is called Dear Alicia. And it's in Italian to help me improve my Italian. And she... I guess as a personal growth coach, but I like the way she approaches things because it's not about set rules. It's not this corporate mentality of go, 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 be perfect. And it's not about all these tips. It's more people ask her a question and she gives a perspective. And so I really like that because to me, everything is about perspective. I've always believed that. And once you shift your perspective, your reality completely changes. And so that's why I enjoy listening to it, even though a lot of the stuff, you know, are things that I, I learned many years ago, hearing it in another language and hearing it slightly different. It's a great remembrance. And to like, I'm still, I'm also learning new things as well. So I enjoy listening to that right now. There we go. And what's it called one more time? Uh, Dear Alice, Alicia in Italian. Gotcha. Like it just, just write Dear Alice and you'll find it. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs> and what is one way you like to take care of yourself? Oh, my morning routine and evening routine. Morning is more important. Um, I meditate. I do uh, my, it's, uh, I don't know if you've heard of Eden Energy Medicine. And it's a modality where you do things like tapping, crossovers, and it totally aligns all your chakras, your meridians. I do that. Plus I do some kundalini breathing and some yoga. And then I do journaling and I try and get to the park. Like depending on the season and what time the sun goes up, (laughs) that that varies, but that's, that's so important to me. And at night, you know, journaling and and some yin yoga for sure. And park again, (laughs) Texas, you could always walk to the park. 
I'm yeah, I want to come visit for sure. Maybe this winter. <laughs> yeah. Um, you just, when you talk about anything sub 30, honestly, sub 50, I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> but okay. Sub 30 is like way too cold. Like, and way. I don't, and see, I don't know what it is. Like, cause you guys do Fahrenheit and we do Celsius. Mm -hmm. So yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't know what the. It's cold. Mm. It's cold. If you dress properly, though, if you dress properly and you you can adapt to it, it's just that I can't go lie in a blanket outside. That's the piece that I hate. And then it gets dark so early, right? It's getting dark around 435 in, in like the shortest days. What That's, What's the freezing point in Celsius? As around zero. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Point, <laughs> Fahrenheit 32. And if you get me under like 60, like it was 67 today and I was too cold. <laughs> So oh, I'm coming yeah. to Texas. I'm coming to Texas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And what is one action step you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to meet that account accountability person or that writer that you need to capture the essence of what you do? I think it's reaching out to them tomorrow and, and talking with them. Yeah. There we go. There we go. All right. This is why we had to speed through those questions, because now we have our final series of questions. We also kind of have to speed through these. Okay, uh, no problem. These yeah. are a little bit more personal. And okay. if you don't want to answer them, you don't have to, because I do not send these beforehand, because I just want honest, authentic answers. Oh, nice. You trick people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so feel free to say, I just want to pass. Okay, it. no problem. Okay. What is one limiting belief that continues to pop up in your life, if any? Mm. I would say not good enough, particularly because I didn't have formal training around what I do. It was mostly experiential. And because I didn't have that piece of paper, that I think really kind of created a block for me in my business. And gotcha. so, yes, I'm getting the certification now because I know open a lot of doors and I had, it had to be something meaningful. I wasn't just going to take a random life coaching course. Mm -hmm. And so I think that belief is being broken down, not just because I'm taking that course, just more awareness around it. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I gotcha. I gotcha. And so you say that really comes from that no formal training, that only experiential, it doesn't go back further than that or does it go back further than that? Oh, of course. Everything comes from childhood. Are you kidding? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're just not dipping into that today. But yeah, definitely. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Do you have any actions that you do? This may be a weekly action, a daily action, a monthly action. Maybe it happens once a year. Okay. But any actions that you feel reinforce this belief that you're not good enough. So they come from the belief that you're not good enough. Uh, an action. Ooh, that's interesting. Hmm. maybe withdraw I withdraw like I'll engage and then I'll withdraw from a situation because then I feel like uncomfortable like mm, yeah no I don't feel comfortable so if there's no kind of let's say contract like I worked with an HR company for almost a year creating an online ad adaptive online learning course using my five-step process if I hadn't signed that contract like you know what I mean like that made me have to go to these meetings even though I had never done really any corporate work and yeah. I was like okay do they know that I haven't done this before like, so, yeah. and then I got over it right and that's usually how I am like once I 
I'm in for a certain amount of time then I get over and I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. And I don't even think about it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. If you were to change that limiting belief of not mm-hmm. good enough into an abundant phrase that spoke to your heart, what would that phrase be? Hmm. I don't know if I can come up with that on the spot. Yeah. Totally fine. If you can't. Yeah. I would say, Ooh, you always have something to offer. There you go. (laughs) I love that. You always have something to offer. Last question about limiting beliefs. Okay. (laughs) When they start to take over, what thoughts or actions do you resort to in order to kind of take back control, reframe your mindset towards abundance? Mm -hmm. I would say on the spot, I can't think of anything. Um, I would say I, I reach out more to kind of speak with someone and or I'll journal. Um, so it's not necessarily I'll like go for a walk or kind of like it's kind of like an unfolding. It's it's not like a, a small action that I do. It's more of a process of awareness and kind of I dig really deep to pinpoint the exact reason for that belief. Because then it, you have that belief, but there's a whole bunch of tentacles around it. So it's it's pinning down like, okay, well, where is this pati- this particular trigger of that thought? Where did that come from? Gotcha. So it's trying to pinpoint that exact emotion of what is it? So it's more of a process that I go through in that way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. Sounds a lot like your morning routine, the evening routine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And we got one last question for you. And I want to frame this next question. Okay. Um, Alex Formosi. Do you know who that is? No. He's a beast. You should listen to his YouTube channel. Okay. <laughs> he he said that the difference between manipulation and help is intent. And his purpose behind that was to say that in both scenarios, you're kind of influencing people. But one, you're manipulating. If there's a negative intent, you're kind of coming from a selfish place. And another, you're influencing them to help them get a result that they want for themselves. Yeah. So I just wanted to frame this next question. And now I want to ask it. There's a common yeah. saying that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Right. I actually found out from Dr. Alan Laika, who was a guest on the show, that you can make a horse drink. You just have to salt its oats. Now, okay. I want you to think of a person with a really fixed mindset, not willing to accept help, not willing to accept change, but they're discontent with their life they're not satisfied with where they're at Mm -hmm. how can we you and i create an environment to salt their oats and help them make the choice to change their life Mm. that's a big question (laughs) (laughs) i think a, a short answer to that is like helping them tap into the tools they already have right because i what happens to people especially when people are dealing with the effects of trauma is that they get disconnected and then they take on the beliefs of what other people have told them. And so it's helping people reconnect with their true essence. And so once someone's able to reconnect with their true essence, then they can connect with their life purpose. And that's the salt, Mm. right? So it's, it's helping them and helping them see that, you know, it's, um, like they, they already know what to do. They already know what to do. 
They don't need someone telling them. So that's where, you know, there's different kinds of coaching. And I think the best coaching and even therapists, because if you have a therapist, that's kind of telling you what to do. That's not really helpful. You want someone that's going to hold space for you. That's going to educate you and maybe guide you, but in a way where you're bringing the best out in them. I love that. I love that. So how can, how can we hold space for people in our daily lives? Not in a way where we get extremely mm-hmm. intimate because the relationship between a client and, oh, yeah. <laughs> and a coach, that gets deep real quick. And your pearls yeah. aren't for everybody. You shouldn't tell everybody. The deepest exactly. Yes. But we can still hold space for people in a meaningful way. Oh, yeah. And I'm curious if you can think of any ideas because I know we got like five minutes and it's right oh, yeah. that. But, oh, no, I already know. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Because I think it's the same. It's just how deep are you going to go? So it's, it's everybody wants to be heard, seen and validated. I think I, I truly believe that that's what everyone needs to heal. And that's what everyone needs. So if you say something as simple, like, oh, I noticed, you know, that you're really excited about this. Can you tell me more? Or you can say something like, you know, I sense that you're a little bit agitated, like, is everything okay? Because then, then they're feeling seen and you don't have to go in deep. And if it's someone at work, like, you know, I see, or I noticed, um, you know, or it sounds like, and you know, that's sort of nonviolent communication, but just very casually saying it in a way that feels like you, because when people study nonviolent communication, it's so robotic and it's, it's so, and you can't do it with everyone. If someone is has serious mental illness or a personality disorder, that kind of thing, you do that, they lash out. Yeah. Um, so it's just being able to say like, Hey, you know, that's really cool that you're doing that. Or yeah, I noticed you were talking about that last time. You must like, tell me more. Right. So showing the person that you see them and when they feel seen, then they might feel comfortable to shine and it helps them reconnect with themselves as well. Right. Yeah. Without having to be their coach. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely i love that well awesome tanya do you have anything else that you want to chat about before we sign off hmm. um i i appreciate the questions because it it can be superficial when you ask someone what their dreams are because it's this generic kind of north american thing like follow your dreams and <laughs> yeah but I, I like that it's more about the deeper like what, what, why are we here as human beings? And then what's stopping us, right? And, and approaching it from a way where it's not about perfectionism. It's not about this high performance nonsense that doesn't address being human. And especially people have had challenging lives, which is most of us, (laughs) right? So it doesn't address that. So I like, I like that this is more of a realistic approach of, you know, what are your dreams? And like, what do you want to do? And how are you? What are some little things that you can do to connect with that part of who you want to be? Yeah. So, yeah thank you. No. It's helpful. You coached me. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been coached like that. So that's great. I don't think I've ever had a coach. So. <laughs> awesome. Tanya. Well, I'm happy to do it. And thank you so yeah. much for coming on the show. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And if you guys are listening to Tanya and you loved what she had to say, you loved her heart for people and being present, make sure to connect with her. All the links to do so will be down in the show notes. I was about to do our outro that we always do, but we switched it up. So thank (laughs) you guys for watching. I will see you on the next one and we're out. 
Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.